people not accepting you. The list goes on and on. And if these fears begin to overpower us, before we know it, we begin to feel hopeless. We begin to find our lives taking a downward spiral, and we become afraid to try different things. Now, I've talked before. I have a friend, my good friend Ron Bell's son growing up. And, and when I was growing up, um, you know, we um, went, went to a lot of roller skating. I'm not sure if back in the day, for some of you, roller skating was a big thing. It was big in my day and age. And so you go roller skating. And, and, um, and then when you do free skate, typically you can skate forward, backwards. I, I was afraid of falling, okay? I, just, I didn't want to look bad by falling. I wanted to look like I was under control. So I got really good at skating forward, but I, was, I could not skate backwards, but for those of you who think back to that day and age, if you did a couple skate, how'd the guy have to skate? Backwards. And so my friend Ron, he tried, he wasn't afraid to try anything. He's falling all over the place, and, but he, he became a very good skater. So when it came time for the couple skate, I'm on the sidelines watching while my friend Ron is out there you know, skating with all the girls. Um, so fear ca- caused me to try, to, you know, to be afraid to try to do new things. And sometimes, in a bigger scale, what I see a lot of people in our society do today is they want to be protected. They don't want to engage too much into the world. Fear begins to paralyze them. And the Bible talks a lot about fear. Now, if you look in the definition of fear, you're going to see words like terror, fright, horror, alarm, panic, dread, um, distress. And, you know, think of these things. I want to think back through the Bible. And fear comes into the Bible right away in Genesis. So Adam and Eve fall into sin, right? They fall into sin, and Adam is ashamed of himself. He's ashamed of his relationship with God. He's ashamed about his relationship now with his wife Eve. And he hears the sound of God coming, and what does Adam do? He hides. And God says, where are you? And he said, well, I was ashamed, so I, I was afraid, so I, I hid. Fear caused him to, to hide. Fear pushes us into hiding. You think of some other examples in the Bible. There were 12 spies that went into the promised land. When Moses led the people to the edge of the promised land, they were supposed to go right into the promised land. The 12 spies, spies first going to check it out. They come back, 10 ever report, and they say, they're giants, they're huge, they're ginormous, they got big, huge walls, and they're, they're going to cream us, we don't have a chance. To the spies, Joshua and Caleb, what they say? We can do this. With God's help, we can go in their promised land, and God's going to help us, we're going to take that land. The people got what? Scared at the report from the ten. And so what happened was those the whole group of people listened to the ten. They were afraid. They almost stoned Moses to death. And because of that, God did not let that generation, except for Joshua and Caleb, go into the land. They had to wait for that generation to die off. They could have gone straight in. But what caused them to hold back? Fear. There's a parable in the Bible about the talents. And one guy gets five talents. Okay? One guy gets two, and one guy gets one. And that's the amount of money. The guy with five goes out and invests it, gets five more. The guy with two goes out and invests it, gets two more. The guy with one did what? He buried it. He buried his talent. The master returns and he commends the first two, but then he goes to the, the one with the one talent and says, what would you do? He said, I was afraid. I was afraid, so I took your talent. I did what? 
I hit it in the ground. And how'd the master feel? He wasn't very happy. Okay? The Bible talks a lot about fear. Okay? And God does not want us to live in fear. Not because he's mean, but because he wants you to have a good life. And it's hard to have a good life if you're living in continuous fear. And so how do we deal with this problem of fear? What do we do? What fears are holding you back? You know, I look around in Scottsdale sometimes, and I think a fear I see in people is a fear of losing what they have. They're afraid of losing what they have. And, you know, so often that type of fear, it's based upon what's called attachments. We, we get attached to, to worldly things, and, and as we get attached to them, we don't want to lose them. And if, if what we're attached to, things are going good, we're happy. If things are going bad, we're sad. If the stock market goes up, we're happy. If the stock market goes down, we're sad, because we get too attached to these things. Let me tell you, it's not healthy to be attached too much to worldly things. There is an attachment that is really healthy for us. And I want to show you in the Bible what that attachment is. In fact, if you want to grab a Bible in front of you, take one of the Bibles in front of you, and ter- unless you have your own with you, and turn to 1 John chapter 4. It's on page 1902. 1902. 1 John 4, verse 17. 1 John 4, 17. says, in this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Perfect love drives out what? Fear. What kind of love is that? It's not the normal love of the world, okay? The Greeks had different words for love. There was phileo, friendship love. There was eris, a sensual form of love. There was um, stargo, a family type of love. When Jesus came in the world, a love was added called agape. It's a love that gives and gives and gives without expecting in return. And... And so, when you think about that kind of love, if that love begins to fill our lives more, according to this verse, what's going to happen to fear? It gets pushed out. Love will push fear out of us. Fear draws us into ourselves. Love pushes outside of ourselves. Fear makes us afraid to try to move forward. Love compels us to move forward, to bring more love to others. I want you to um, turn to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8, verse 23. Jesus calms the storm. It's on page 1508, if you're using the Bibles and the pews, 1508, Matthew 8, 23. It says, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. 
Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. I want to stop there for a second. There's a storm going on. Okay, it's, it's pouring, lightning, thunder, all kinds of, and there's a fishing type of boat, not a fancy boat, and what's Jesus doing? He's sleeping. Jesus is sleeping. He's completely passed out. Meanwhile, the disciples are freaking out. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. I would say the disciples were experiencing what? Fear, okay, big time fear. So they wake him up. He replied, you have a little faith. Why are you so afraid? Okay, he's not, he's pretty blunt with his disciples. He spent a lot of time with these guys and, and um, he's training them and they've seen him do all kinds of amazing things, right? But now all of a sudden, they're once again scared. You have a little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. He said the word, and what happened to the storm? Whoosh, gone. The storm is gone. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. It's pretty amazing. All of a sudden, their fear turned into what? Amazement. Fear to amazement. How many times in your life has something very difficult happened to you? And then, as a result of what happened, you see the hand of God get involved. Okay? That he gets involved, he helps you out. You know, the end of Matthew, the very last verse in Matthew 28, verse 20, what does Jesus say? I'm going to be with you always, to the very end of the age. And so... I want you to envision your life as we're like in this boat and we're in the ocean of life and the storms are all around us. But guess what? Someone's in a boat with us. Who's in a boat with us? Jesus. He's with us all the time. He's never going to leave us. He's going to let us go through some trials and tribulations and sometimes we create our own problems, right? But he's still is there to help us and to lead us through whatever problems that we face. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. And it's on page 1758. It's going to be chapter 8. We're going to start at verse um, 31. Before I, while you're still turning, I want to do some talking. What is the most powerful force in the universe? Any ideas? What's the most powerful force in the universe? God's love. God's love is the most powerful force in the universe. God's love can change anything. And so when it comes to Things in life. We see a lot of people sometimes are all beaten up. You know, I'm not sure if you ever, you know, have seen like a, you know, if you, at the Humane Society, for example, if people volunteer there, someone brings in a dog that's, that's all been beat up and just been, people have been mean to it. 
that dog most likely is going to be what? A mean dog. But the people, the humane society that work with that dog, what are they trying to do? They try to change the dog by, by loving it. And continuous love can begin to change even a dog. We're human beings. And, but a lot of people out there, let's be honest, you know people are beaten down? People that are, they're just, they're afraid and they're just, life has been so tough. And what is needed? The love of God. I've got a dog, his name is Rush. He's a yellow lab. And years ago we had this um, cat that was a, it got in the house, it, it hated us, it just hung out in the house and we could never even touch it. It, just, it was just a mean cat. And, but Rush is the kind of dog that just wants everything and everyone to love him. And so he'd walk up to this cat, and the cat would just scratch him. His, blood, his, get, his face would get all bloody, just, but he wouldn't stop. He kept going to that cat until finally that cat started to love him. The cat still didn't love us, but that cat loved that dog. And it's just pure love transformed that cat. I'm talking about animals The same is true in life. God is love. And we're called upon to be the body of Christ to reflect love to the world. And we can't do a good job of that if we're living in what? If we're living in fear. Fear is going to hold us back. And God wants us to be transformed. And the key is to let his love continue to mold us and shape us. And that's what this chapter, this section in Romans 8 is all about. So I want to start in verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as as is written, for your sake we face death all day long, we are considered sheep to be slaughtered? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're not just conquerors. It says we're what? More than conquerors, not in us, but in who? In Jesus. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither present, nor the future, nor any, any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can do what? Separate you from his love. His love is here right now, okay? No matter what has happened in our lives, we're forgiven, we're loved. No matter what failures we've had in our lives, it's behind us. No matter what fears we have, God can help you through it. No matter what obstacles we face, his love is more powerful than them. And he wants us to receive that love. It's raining on us all the time. And what are we doing so often? We're putting up the umbrella. We're saying, I got this. I can take care of this myself. 
Our love is not like God's love. And he wants that love to fill your lives more and more. And he says sometimes it's going to be tough. John 16.33. Jesus says, in this life you will suffer. Okay? He says we're going to what? Suffer. But fear not. I've overcome the world for you. Okay? We saw in Romans 8.28, all things can work together for the good for those who love the Lord. No matter what problems, he can make it work for the, the good. He's there for us. He's going to help us. He wants to help us. And so I want to encourage us in closing, if there's things we're afraid of, what can help you get over that fear? God's love. And how do we live in his love? We can, yeah, we say, we can read the Bible, we can pray, we can worship. But you know what? These are things we can do, but the most important thing is to realize that our relationship with God is exactly that. It's a relationship. Okay? He's here. He's with us. He hears us. And his power is greater than any problems we're going to face. And the more that we realize his power, the more we realize even as the storms are raging all around us, with one word, what can he do? Calm everything. He wants to do that for you because he loves you. And my prayer is that we will let his love seep deeper deeper into our lives and so that we will not be living lives filled with, with fear. Easier said than done, right? We're human beings. But whenever that fear starts, I want you to keep saying over and over in your, in your mind, in your heart, perfect love drives out fear. And may those words not just be words, but reality in our lives. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. And Lord, help us in the midst of our fears to realize that your perfect love can drive out that fear. Help us to turn to you continuously. Help us to grow in our relationship with you because as that relationship grows, the love fills us more, the fear is pushed out, and we're going to find our lives get a lot more bearable and enjoyable. So, Lord, we are imperfect people. You are perfect God. We thank you for your forgiveness, Lord Jesus, that you went to that cross to die and to rise for us, and through that we're forgiven of all our sins. The way to heaven is open. But, Lord, we know in heaven someday it's going to be incredible. But in the meantime, Lord, help us to have a better life now. And we pray that we will live our lives fearless. We pray this in your name. Amen.